0: are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes, like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more.
1: Welcome to We Stand Together, an academic pop culture symposium. We are the pop culture professors. You sure nailed that. I'm Caitlin Bitzeguy. I'm Lauren Brickman, and we're back in our virtual classroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, smart people, dumb topics. That's right. Somehow, by the grace of God, Caitlin and I earned master's degrees. And (laughs) God was (laughs) heavenly involved because there wasn't a lot on Earth that made sense Mm -hmm. of it. No. Uh, and somehow he was on our side again when he helped us get hired to then teach yes, at the college being level. teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us are in the middle of finals right now. Yeah. Um, and if any of my students are listening to this podcast who have not turned in your final assignment... Stop listening to this podcast and turn in your assignments. I have grading to do, guys. Please turn it in. Turn it in. And gals. Jeremy. Come on,
2: folks. Jeremy, turn it in. Turn it in, I'm sure there's a Jeremy. There's always a Jeremy.
1: There's always a Jeremy. And Jeremy's never turning in his work. So, you know, be kind. Be kind to your professors, y'all. You hate turning in homework. We hate doing grading. Let's just help each other out. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but that's, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about standing in this classroom. We talk about standing, Absolutely. which is being an obsessive fan of mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin, I gotta know what are you standing this week? Okay. I got a new show for you, Lauren. I got a new show. Okay. So I expect
2: to hear from you tomorrow that you finished the <laughs> entire series. Mm-hmm. It's called man like mobine. It is a British show with <gasps> a Muslim Pakistani lead. Uh, it It is created by Guz Khan. It's a comedy okay. and it's, Just a sitcom about uh, Mobine and his two friends and his young sister that he's raising and their shenanigans over in Britain. And it's very funny. Where am I going to find this
1: show? Uh, Netflix.com. Netflix.com. That's Mm -hmm. N-E-T-F-L-I-X.com. They actually actually have an app. Mm, Okay. Okay. I know know how to download apps. This sounds good. No, this sounds great. I probably will watch it all tonight because mm-hmm. that is my illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what have you been standing? I'm, You know, I'm back standing something. I've stand on this podcast before, but I just loved the midseason finale so much. I'm standing good trouble on Freeform once again, Uh-oh. folks. She's doing it again. I'm doing it again. I'm back on my bullshit, but Good Trouble just had their season 3 mid-season finale. That's right, mid-season because on Freeform, we love to give you half a season, <laughs> then take a break because they're masochists. Um, but if anyone is watching Good Trouble, which if you are 15 to 22, you probably are, um, but my favorite character has been he, Dennis, one of my favorite characters, I love all the characters, mm-hmm. but Dennis, one of my favorite characters, he, lo- he was dealing with grief, a big reason I love him, you know, on this show, you've heard us talk about it, we love when characters and people talk about their grief openly and deal with it. it, process it, but he's been off in Malibu processing the grief, uh, and in the last moment, in an epic fashion of this finale, he comes back at the worst possible time, to declare his love for a character. And it was just, it was beautiful and heart-wrenching because the timing is so painful. That's what the show should be really called. It's not Good Trouble. It's Bad Timing. Oh, love those <laughs> shows. I love it. But it's just, it's fun to have, you know, off off mic earlier before we were recording, Caitlin and I were talking about crushes. And I think the thing I like about Good Trouble is it's really just a bunch of people having crushes on each other. I love a good crush. I love a good shit. It's you fun love a good ship. You love it. Anyway, so let's, my, that's where I'm at this week. That's <laughs> where you're always at. Honestly, true. It's true. It's really, really true. But you know where else I'm always at? Tell me. Loving today's guest. Oh, our, our guest day? today is so fabulous, so wonderful. Please welcome to the pod, Emma Ramos. Oh, good trouble, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Emma, are you standing anything this week? What are are you? Is there anything that you're obsessed with? I'm standing um this show on the new app uh, Netflix. Oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have the app. Cool. Uh, dot com. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I uh this show called The Serpent. Oh, Ooh, what is? Oh, you don't what know is? About it. I've, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's not. It's. It's like one of those shows that it's um it's horrible. Okay. I love. All right, I love. <laughs> it's horrible because it's based on a true awful event, and mm. everybody's doing such a great job that you're just reliving oh, the life no. of this man. Oof, uh, okay. You know about this uh, diplomat and uh, this like jewelry uh, French dude in ba- Bangkok that had uh, uh what you call it? This uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. nope, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're gonna hire me to promote the show. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> honestly so here. At the themes, at the name <laughs> of the actors. I I think it's bold. I assume that they
1: reached out to book you on the show to promote serpent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got an email from <laughs> <the> Serpent <laughs> at Netflix.com saying we've got a girl. Wow. That is a that was my pitch. I love that, it. And that's why I was hired to the PR. Well, I mm. guess I'll be spending the weekend with Netflix.com. Sounds like there's a <laughs> lot of great material on yeah, this. They have uh, a couple more shows even. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, folks, I do also before before we jump into today's theme, okay. I do want to just take a moment to say, um, if you weren't aware, uh, last week we celebrated National Nurses Day, but we're still, a, I believe the whole month of May is M- Nurses Month. Like, oh, great. It's it's like this is the time of year where we celebrate nurses. And I do want to say, Emma, thank you for your service. Uh, you know, you play a nurse on New Amsterdam and. Nurses on TV
3: as vitally important to to <laughs> healthcare
1: system
2: it, representation. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I feel
3: like people should just like stop me at every every time I'm like walking outside the apartment and just uh, just just say thank you. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you
1: felt appreciated. Thank you for the work you do in the healthcare system on television.
3: Thank you so much, and I can't wait for you to be on set because I feel. Like every guest star, get, I mean, it, these are amazing actors that go to die on the show. Right. And mm-hmm. there's nothing I love most that just trying to make them laugh <laughs> as they have the like, moment. Uh-huh. You know? and I'm like, you know you're going to die. To, I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah, but I, I do a check-in. I do a check-in fire. Wow. Thank you so much for that mention. Yeah, That's- no,
1: of course. I just wanted to thank you for- And you
3: guys need any, any um, you know- uh, Advice, oh, yeah. uh, health- health-wise. Okay. Yeah. Sure if you're pregnant, mm-hmm. I can I can do that too. I can yeah. bring the baby out of your well, body. that's why I've been texting you all of my symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> I've,
1: I don't go to the doctor anymore. I just text Emma my symptoms and and I sleep. have vaccines mm-hmm. too. To <laughs> oh, great. multiple. Think, okay, she's got a prescription pad. It it is from the props department, but it's been <laughs> working for me. at Dwayne Reed, they don't know the difference. They don't Duane- know the Reed, difference. They just accept it. <laughs> Um, don't go to Walgreens. They are smarter. Oh, they got their eyes.
2: They got their eyes on those watermarks
1: at Walgreens. (laughs) But shockingly, we're not here to talk about nurses, though we could talk about them all day long. Today, we're talking home on the road. And to kick off today's episode, I thought I'd throw out there some definitions of home that I found. Uh, You know, home can be a noun. It can be an adjective. It can be a verb. Some of the definitions I found were the place one lives permanently, especially a member of a family or household, a house, apartment or other shelter that is the usual residence of a person. The place in which one's domestic affections are centered, relating to the place where one lives, to give shelter to, to harbor, to lodge. So I'm curious. That's, That's sort of like, those are some thoughts that the Internet gave us. But Caitlin, Emma.
3: What are your definitions of home? You know, that definition is so heavy. Mm-hmm. It's just so heavy. Okay. I mean, if I was the word home, okay, and like all of a sudden woke up and like learned what the world thought about me, I would be like, just shoot me right now because <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility. It's pressure. It's pressure. It's if you were the word domestic, home, what did you say? Domestic what? Like you have to have in which one of
2: those domestic affections in- are centered. That's that is a lot.
3: What? That is like. Yeah, like just you go home to you know poo and sleep, and that's mm-hmm. enough of a of a hurdle, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it's a domestic encounter and a relief. <laughs> no uh, no okay uh, okay I disagree yeah that's fair Caitlin any thoughts from you about what you think home
1: is?
2: Well, now we know it's loaded.
1: Now <laughs> we know it's loaded. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now, we know. now we know for sure. I don't think I have an interesting answer. I think it's just mm. where you live. <laughs>
3: But do you guys think that there's a diff- difference between home and house? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: I do,
1: but I don't know that I experience it differently myself. Yeah, I, I do. Like to me, my house is still the house where my parents live because I don't have. That's still my closest immediate family. So, like, I consider like my parents' house. I don't have a house. My parents have a house, but like, I feel different when I'm in their house. But is that your home I, then? No, because my home is where I'm is, is, is my apartment where I live. Oh, I
3: mean, yeah, I don't have a house, but like, you know, apartment. Yeah. I have a question for both of you. When you, when you talk to your parents, do you say, mom, I'm going home or do you I'm going to my I know what
2: you mean.
1: Here's the confusing thing about me. I will call anywhere I sleep home. I could be <laughs> staying there for one night. <laughs> and if I get tired, I'm like, I'm going to go home. And that home. A blind date. A blind date yeah. You would be, so you, like, you've I, lived on the subway
2: after some drunken I've, nights. I've, I've, you, that I've, was your home.
1: Well, un- accidentally, that was my home. Uh, yeah. A, sh- a sidewalk in the middle of Italy was once my home. Um, but I've had many homes uh, because I have famously often, I especially like, uh, I, I've done a lot of like, i've been on the road for work like we all have and like truly like a a shit tank in the middle of pennsylvania i'll be like i gotta get home and that's not my home but it's my home right you know it's home base i'll call anything a home i'll call anything a home i'm crazy wow wow you know emma we typically like to share with our listeners why Um, Not only were we interested in a topic, but like why we sort of feel like we have the credentials to talk about it, right? Like on the first day of (laughs) class, your teacher always sort of is like, here are my credentials. Um, Caitlin, you you have a fun credential this week. Well, you
2: know, I have done some jobs uh, outside of the tri-state area and had to relocate Mm -hmm. uh, for a little bit. And one fun kind of like perma non-home home I had was in Atlanta where I worked there for a year. And they set us up in this by they I'll explain who that is, but uh, set us up in this hotel called the 12 where me and another actor lived. And uh, her name is Lucy. Shout out. And like, it was funny because we would get moved around these different rooms and we had like a shorthand for what they were called. Like we call it like C room. We called one um Umbrella, like they had like just different designs, and you'd get moved around. Sometimes you'd be like, "Oh, I'm an umbrella," um and it was like this. Well, yeah, the twelve and the twelve was for Atlantans. No, in a uh, outdoor mall. So we also like lived at Ann Taylor Loft and a Publix at the same time, and it was just like very weird. And Atlanta, I. Love Atlanta. There's so much strange stuff going on there. Like the bar at the 12 was this hot spot for like C-list Atlanta celebrities. Like you would go in and someone would be like, "That's Buffy's makeup artist." <laughs> it's like it was always like tangential but like it always like a spark. And I mm-hmm. probably will never live in Atlanta permanently probably prefer not to live at a hotel next to a publix permanently but I enjoyed it it was a home away from home they they welcomed me and we had
1: fun I love that you know I I will reveal to the listeners that Emma pitched this theme and we sort of took it and ran but I was trying to think of like we were when Caitlin and I were spitballing I was like well, what's my what's my friggin credit for this week and then I realized, I'm a road warrior. I'm going to say it. I've spent a lot of time in cars driving around this country. And I have driven in so many different conditions. I have, you know, like many comedians, I've been in that van doing children's theater with 10 other comedians for days on end. I've I've been that person who woke up at four in the morning to drive back from one gig to get to another gig 10 hours away. <sighs> but I think the thing I'm maybe most proud of is this past December. I wanted to see my family and I was very nervous about the state of the world and wanted to be as safe as possible. So I uh, I wanted to get back to Oklahoma to help with my dad's recovery after surgery. And so I drove straight from New York to Oklahoma, stopping only for restrooms and gas. It was like a 27 hour trip. And I slept in the car because truly, truly, truly your girl will make home anywhere. <laughs> so that's my cred. That felt like a cred. But Emma, what was what do you think your creds are or what
3: made Well, like, I was going to say that you? I had a PhD uh, on this situation but <laughs> but if we're, we're taking it literally of home on the road, I'm not sure I can manage <laughs> um because I feel like I it's so strange mm-hmm. that you frame you frame you guys framed uh, framed it home on the road because I've been talking to mom about this when I was a kid my I come from a family of like generations before me, mm-hmm. like I would say at least 20 generations before me, people that are very proud about not moving. You <laughs> know, about like ownership. Own this is our land. Yeah. My my father's line, uh, that they inherit this land that they've been passing on and just, you know, uh, uh growing vegetables and mm-hmm. just like feeding Mexico if like feeding a little portion yeah but but you know what i'm saying so 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 it's in my dna when i was a kid that oh this home idea is limited Mm. now i think that thank god i was like uh, the internet kid too that like my parents didn't uh, they weren't so all of a sudden i was like wait a minute uh i can leave (laughs) (laughs) And I, I don't know. It's, um, it's. Uh, I, that's why I was gonna tell you guys that I was, I, I was like, please talk to me, like look up to me, uh, <laughs> because I am above you. But then, like Lauren just said that she slept in a car, and I'm trying to. I have slept in a mm-hmm, car, mm-hmm. but it was more like I don't think if this counts. Okay, Will you guys, think if this counts because okay. um, uh, we were uh heading to Disneyland the first time I went to Disneyland mm-hmm. with my, with my parents. Uh, and this was like an eight hour drive from Culiacan, which was the, where I was born, and then all the way up to where everybody knows Disneyland is. Uh, if not, please do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, so then we were driving, and uh, the van ran out of gas or something, and we had to sleep in the van. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. Well, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Emma is a is an expert on this topic. She's got her PhD. We're bowing down. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to put Emma's home on the road knowledge to the test and play our first <gasps> game. We'll be right back.
0: Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
4: Contained herein are the heresies of Redolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I study the secrets of the divine plagues and uncover the blasphemous truth. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Redolf Bantwein, wherever podcasts are available.
0: GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.
1: All right, y'all. We are warmed up. We're ready to go. And today, our first game. It's a classic. It's one we've been playing a lot lately, but it's just, it's so much fun. That's right. We're bringing back Pitch Fest. Emma, you've done quite a lot of TV acting. You get that world. And so I saw something in the headlines this week, and I thought it it, it mashed up perfectly with today's theme. I'm not sure if you all saw this headline, but... <laughs> um, there, there is a a new a, a story broke this week that a teenager mistakenly moved into a senior living complex, and the story evolved on TikTok because um, there was this young teenage, like young girl, like nineteen years old. Her name is Madison, and um, she became friends with a middle aged woman uh, on TikTok through the quarantine and. Madison shout out was living in my home state of Oklahoma and speaking of home did not feel um, like she really had a stable sense of family and home in Oklahoma and so through her friendship with this middle-aged woman on TikTok decided to move to this other woman's hometown but because of the pandemic and because she'd never been there this woman she met on TikTok arranged her living conditions for her her like got her an apartment she sent her pictures they talked about it she like, looked, looked great um <laughs> It took her about a week of living in these this apartment apparently um in her new town to figure out that the reason she was the youngest person in this complex was that it was a senior living complex. <laughs> and uh the woman that she had met on TikTok just sort of knew it was a fair housing thing. She was like, they couldn't deny you. I knew it. But like, so this teenage girl was living in a senior living complex because she had uh met the mom she always wanted on TikTok. Now this the moment I read this headline, I was like, well, this is going to be this is either going to be a movie or a TV show. And we live in the world. If you don't know this already, folks, um, apps like Wattpad, which is a fan fiction website, they have production studios. There is a pipeline from social media to your streaming services. And so this episode of Pitchfest is TikTok Studios edition because, oh, boy, we all know the story is getting greenlit. So, Emma, your challenge today is to give us a title for this movie based on this 19-year-old girl living in a senior center. Let us know who you think should star in this vehicle. And give us a logline or a little bit about, um, you know, sort of your vision for how to bring this story to life. Are you up for the
3: challenge? TV show. Mm -hmm. Madison. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the person that we're going to follow is the older lady. Okay. Protagonist, mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. Why you ask executive? Well, I'll tell you because <laughs> we need to focus, uh, and give attention and make uh, our elder actors protagonists. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's, that's right. And my bit, yep. and then the log line would be, <laughs> can we go to commercial break now? <laughs> <laughs> you you came in so go. strong, you're
1: doing great, you're doing great. Uh,
3: damn, that title was great, right? Mm-hmm. That is- yeah, okay, great. Uh it doesn't tell you anything, but yeah. like I I like one Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh okay. Uh logline. In a world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, uh a story mm-hmm. of home. Okay. A story of a young woman. Mm-hmm. Um it took it took Madison, I don't Mandy. Well, Madison's the young girl's name, yeah. Oh, yeah, but we're going to, we're going to, both, both are called Madison. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love the twist. I love this twist. That's, that's a twist. (laughs) So, uh, he never knew that Madison, wink, wink, older Madison, could see through her because she was always looking to live with older people. Mm, 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 Hmm. 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 Wow. Netflix.com. Wow. Netflix.com. Wow. By, we need to do a South by South. We need to do, we need to shoot a uh, proof of concept mm-hmm. and to be, this is a very, this is like, this, this is, is no, this
1: is great. This is great. I need to know though, Emma, who do you imagine as the dual Madison's who's older Madison? Who's younger Madison? Great question. That's a great question. I'm available. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, For which and, role? Yep. Because I feel like you could play both. I could play both. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Uh-oh. laughs> uh wow. Cause it, I think it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. I think comedy yeah. it's it could be a dramedy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh because of course we have that that depth mm-hmm. of like like what it is to be home like it could be it could start all like Kimmy Schmidt uh you know lady doody doody TikTok. tock yeah uh, yeah I, I have a horrible life in <laughs> Oklahoma I'm going to do TikTok cuz that's the that that was the song for Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that yeah, was that the that's the exact song. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that and we have that vibe mm-hmm. but then act 2 mm-hmm. obviously we see her mm-hmm. like the camera pans 360 and we see her realizing wait a minute this new home I don't see any younger youngsters. Yeah. She was distracted because on the whole way, like Kimmy Schmidt. <gasps> oh, like, yeah. She's so living in
1: her TikTok universe. Wow. She's not taking it. There's in. a lesson there. Yeah. Yeah. Can I also say, as you were talking and I, I am, I absolutely vote for you playing both Madison. Yeah. But you know who, as an executive producer, this script would come across their desk and they absolutely would also cast themselves in both <laughs> roles. Yeah. You know, Jennifer Lopez is going to do that. You know, Jennifer Lopez is going to cast herself as Madison and Madison. Oh,
3: my God. Jennifer, right? Do it all.
1: Right? We feel like, I just feel like someone's like, oh, Jennifer, here's a producing project. She's like, you know what's more fun than just producing?
3: i'm still i'm still madison from the block mm-hmm. i yeah. hear it i hear it yeah i just couldn't i love that the show is called madison and and mm-hmm. and the fans on
2: reddit will debate fiercely which madison the show is actually named after Ooh. and
1: maybe in the last I... episode we reveal i don't know wow wow this is huge
3: i think madison's gonna be a big big hit guys would you can we just do it yeah can oh just, yeah we have a pack yeah we can do we, it we have a I feel like we're developing a pilot as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that We Stand Studios is strong.
1: <laughs> we have we have thousands of thousands. pitches. Uh we're still waiting for the networks to call well, Netflix um dot com. Netflix.com specifically. Uh, you know. But you know, here's hoping. I am gonna laugh really hard when one of these days we're gonna because Caitlin and I watch all of the content. One of these days, one of the pitches from this podcast will be <laughs> streaming. <laughs> Well, thank you, Emma, so much for participating in Pitchfire. Excellent job. Madison is greenlit. Netflix.com will be calling momentarily. But now it's time to move into Caitlin's thesis. Caitlin, has okay. it? I, Caitlin, you've got an important thesis to present this week. Thank you. And so I'm going to step out of your way because this is this is. This is important work. Thank you so you much. Lunch.
2: So I was thinking of the concept of home on the road. And I was mm-hmm. thinking of road trip movies, uh, even going back to the novel on the road. And I was like, wow, that's a really male-dominated space. There mm-hmm. are some female ones. There's, of course, Crossroads. We love Crossroads. We love Crossroads. Uh, but even those, there's often like a problem that that mm-hmm. starts the the road trip it's more done out of crisis rather than just like we're having fun and i was like well that makes sense because traditionally women have not really been able to just go on the road for a number of reasons we've only had a credit card for like 20 years and Mm -hmm. the imminent danger uh around every corner um but then I was like what is kind of the women's version of this and it's orphan movies where you get to move in with a new family, sometimes some new foster friends Mm -hmm. and sisters. And it's like not fully home yet, but you're like partying and having fun. And I was like, why do I think about it this way? And it's because of one particular show. And it's a show forgotten to time until this moment. The show is called Rags to Riches. Hmm. It was a 1980s NBC musical Sitcom, <laughs> um, Lauren. I have supplied you with some videos, and mm-hmm. if you could play the one called "Teaser Opening."
4: The year is 1961, and Nick Foley is a carefree swinging bachelor. So I gamble a little, make dice with the ladies. Then to impress his clients, he took in five homeless little girls. We'll take a shot with the office. But raising five girls takes a lot of patience. And love. If you don't drink this, I'm gonna burn your sneakers. Huh? And what started as a business deal has now become a great deal more. i keep around here, you know. Now his life is never gonna be the same. Watch out, world, because here we come.
2: I got to see your faces while you were watching that, but please tell the listeners just your initial reaction to this teaser and opener for Rags to Riches.
1: I'm
3: exhausted.
1: (laughs) I'm, I feel like I just watched act one of a true crime special. Mm -hmm. Okay. Explain, explain. That's normal, but explain. It feels like that man. Mm Mm-hmm. That was not a safe situation for those young girls. It feels very, very, very lecherous. It feels very creepy. It feels unsafe in so many ways. I just saw red flags
3: everywhere. I just saw red. It also made me feel like, wow, we have such little say as actors. (laughs) Going to that set and just like questioning the obviously white male director of like, Being Tisha and be like, um, I just have a question plot wise <laughs> um, or like season five and be like, are we still going to call it homeless girls like acquired by this guy? Like, <laughs>
2: Okay, so this these are all great points. So mm-hmm. just to clarify. The five girls lived in an orphanage (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they refused to be adopted alone. They all have to be together. Uh, The the Tisha that Emma references is the very famous and successful actress Tisha Campbell, who got her start on this. Uh, It is a diverse group of girls. We love that. However, the show does take place in 1961 and race is never addressed, which is unusual, frankly. Wait, it
1: was the 60s? Watching something that takes place in the 60s, so
2: it is storyline. It, story right? It's 1961 in the show. By the way, every episode is an hour long. What?
3: <laughs> well, but and, and I just read that they were syndicated. So this means that it lasted more than how no, many? Seasons? It was it was just two. Um, it was
2: one of those NBC, then straight to syndication deals. Mm, I um love it. but the show uh, released with the tagline: if you like Danny you'll like rags to riches which i absolutely love because the construction is usually if you like x you'll love y but they didn't oversell it they said mm-hmm. if you like this you'll also like this and i love that oh now God. i can't explain to you enough this is a kids bop 1960s music musical comedy so they would take songs rewrite the lyrics to address the issues that the five <gasps> daughters are having and make them um If you know if there's sexual things implied, they take that out. So, Lauren, if you could play the I love him, oh, I will follow him.
1: Genuinely, I'm so scared. Okay. I love him, I love
4: him, I love him, and where he goes, I'll follow, I'll follow, I'll follow, I will follow him, follow him wherever.
2: Okay, that's good on that one. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so one thing about this is musicals usually have rules uh, where you know if they break into song, it's never acknowledged within the musical. Or sometimes there are musical performances within a musical, say Dreamgirls, where you know mm-hmm. when they're performing. This never has any rules. Like sometimes people seem to know that people are singing; other times they don't, and for no
1: reason. Okay, I have. Three things I just need to say really quickly. Okay. First and foremost, okay, yes, the blonde chick in the sixties. The rest of the girls, they were fully in- dressed like nineteen eighty six years. It shot. is like, um, yes,
2: but I think that that is somewhat self conscious that they're doing a okay. sort of remix of 60s Maybe it, plus plus eighties. Okay,
1: that it feels weird now, but I, I, I'll give them that. Two. They're all very talented singers. They can actually sing, which doesn't always happen in TV musicals. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Three, I have to assume now that I've seen this. I didn't know it existed before today. I have to assume that Ryan Murphy loved this show. <laughs> and this explains so much. I think you are absolutely correct. And I loved this show,
2: too. And it, it made my... Brain, what's wrong with it today? Um, also, the little girl you may recognize, Heidi Ziegler, later went on to be the youngest girl in Just the 10 of Us, another like low rated 80s sitcom. So, Heidi, thank you for your work. The music was done by a man named Mark Mueller. I mean, the music was done by a million acts, but this yeah. man named Mark Mueller, who wrote the theme songs to DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue <gasps> Rangers. Oh, wow. I love that. so he is all mm-hmm. over it.
3: For the song that we just saw, because we saw the music video, I just want to point out <laughs> Please. something that not a lot of people are going. I think that day on set there was a brown person on that set. Mm-hmm. Because if you see that, if the white lady, I love you, I love you, mm-hmm. kuku. she's behind a, a fence. <laughs> And then we cut to the brown girls and mm-hmm. thank God they have a different location. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. What I got Great to say. Great point. Yeah. Excellent yeah. point. Um, yeah. I, I do want to, while I have your
2: attention, force you to watch one more video. And okay. what I need you to understand is this is a real song, but to me, this is the normal version because I grew up with this. And there's a little okay. scene at the top just for fun.
4: We're all going camping. Camping? What? Why? Because it's a good thing for us to share something as a family. We'll get some fresh air. You know, I used to go camping with Lord Charlesbury. And it's jolly good fun. See, it's jolly good fun. We go this weekend. That's Jeff's party, no! There'll be other parties. I gotta finish my movie. It's due next week. I'll write you an excuse. What about my bio test? I have to study. Study in the woods. They allow books.
2: I have to go find my clean skin cat.
4: This is crazy. I hate camping. I'm not going. Me neither.
2: at the end, I will be using as a Twitter banner soon. Wow, but this just really had everything. It had Italian-American stereotype father, British butler, children of diverse backgrounds, all being brats. It really defined an 80s sitcom. Uh, the man who plays Nick actually played mm-hmm. two different roles uh, on The Nanny, eventually being the love interest of Fran's mom. So we are in mm. rarefied air here. Uh, I just think, uh, first of all, I loved this show as a kid and... I kind of thought I made it up for about 15 years until like the internet came back in full swing. And thank you to the man who uploaded all of those to YouTube. It is not two different people. It is just one person was interested in doing that. Um, But I have to say, it's kind of interesting to me, this idea of home and for something in the eighties, like had Annie, because if you like Annie, you'll like rags to riches. Mm -hmm. You had different Mm -hmm. strokes. You had sister. Kate was another short term, uh, like foster kids thing. Why were we so worried about orphans in the eighties, and why are we not worried
1: about them now? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great punky Brewster too. True, great point. Yeah, no, there were a lot of stories. You're so right. Like growing up, it, it is so. I guess they were like this. The the story of orphans was always sort of popular in children's stories yes. for some reason, but it really did have a big moment in the eighties and early nineties. There's so many of those stories, and it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know because we certainly still have children who need homes now and it's actually, they don't often sing and dance. It's actually pretty sad and serious. (laughs) But they should start choreo and they should get the choreo going. If they have a Tisha Mm -hmm. Campbell
2: level talent, they will get adopted.
1: That is the thing though. I, I said it already, but like these kids, these girls, these gals, they can sing. They're good.
2: Well, as I said, Heidi Ziegler was a very... Prominent yeah. child actor. Another of the girls has worked. She she's not as famous as Tisha Campbell, but she continues to work. She was in all the Hunger Games movies.
3: Mm. Um, so
2: this is not. These are not nobodies.
3: Yeah, it opened doors. This
1: this yeah, the, the show. You know what? And somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't believe this song has not been used on Drag Race. Yeah, right. This or is High Camp like oh this the drag drag song. Or this trip is going to be a drag in the style of Rags to Riches feels prime for. You're right. A drag race. You're right.
2: There does need to be a drag reboot of Rags to Riches, and then I'll be happy.
1: Mm I was going to say I actually really like that song. Yeah, it was fun. The music was fun.
2: Well, I think the guy in charge of music was really good. Like he's done a lot of like he has an extensive resume of like television music stuff and Emmy nominations and so forth.
3: Yeah what I really miss about what I what we just saw in terms of style and how it's breaking so many rules um I just I just that 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 idea I don't know if WandaVision is trying to do like a lot of stuff at the same time but it reminded me of of a, of a little bit of that mm-hmm. um But it's I I don't know what was what was happening because I was not in this country back then. So what was happening politically in this country that there was a need to focus on these stories? Because obviously the need to dance and have all, (laughs) uh, you know, different sets and invest so much in more than sitting down and getting your writer's room Mm -hmm. to unlock and and make those plot points really uh, jam together. It was more about the the spectacular theatricality of it all, as it seems. um, Yeah. Which I enjoy. I don't, I enjoy now more than ever. That's how I go to sleep now. Mm -hmm. I can't see a lot, you know, a lot of shows that are, uh, that involve a lot of thinking. I just want to be distracted. Um, Like the style of this show. Yeah. You know what part of it maybe is too, though, is like,
1: you know, something I mentioned on the show before, but like after watching that Nickelodeon documentary, uh, The Orange Years, you know, in the 80s, they were just starting to figure out that like kids could be consumers. Right. You know? And I do think that executives were like grasping at straws and people were like, "Mm, that anything really works. Yeah. And that's the
2: top of mind. Like that's how you get a lot of kids besides a school. Mm -hmm. That's how you get a lot of kids together is they are
1: orphans. I, I think it was just hard for adult executives to contemplate. How do we, how do we squeeze a bunch of kids into a project that kids are going to like? I, I, you know, as soon as you Emma said what was going on politically, like in the
3: eighties, it was it was all about consumerism. You
1: know what That's I'm That's true. Saying? That's
3: true. Right, right. For you guys, they were distracting us in Mexico with other shows. Yeah. yeah, Party of Five. Oh yeah, I
2: mean, Party of Five is totally part of this. Yeah, in the later, like a Party little of later. Five.
3: Yeah, it was Uh, The Nanny was a big, mm-hmm. a big hit. Well, that was 90s, I think. The 90s, yeah. yeah. But you're right. The, the Nanny definitely is an extension of this because the kids,
1: because we also loved kids without uh, missing a parent, kids missing a parent, needing, <laughs> needing an
3: adult, bright colors, bold patterns. Yeah. Yeah, this idea of who's going to take care of these kids and social class kind of implied in the background um awesome well and you know what else it is it makes me
1: think of too it all it goes back to wizard of oz right because what does dorothy want a home what are what do we assume that orphans want a home right so it's this assumption that this demographic like that's like the primary thing driving these younger demographics
3: it's so interesting to be watching these shows um, and hearing you too, because I had a, a conversation with a, a comedy writer friend of mine. Um, we're trying to unlock what is the difference between storytelling in America versus Mexico. Right. Mm-hmm. How, why are we as Latinx writers and comedians, like, why do we have a lot of struggle to kind of marry those two worlds. Yeah. A lot of the shows that like popular shows in America the, in terms of they're so the formula is so clear mm-hmm. and uh things are predictable predictable even in even in that third beat of surprise mm-hmm. it is still within they're holding your hand. Yeah. It, even, even rags to riches right now. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are things that kind of like come out of nowhere, but thematically they're still in the same world. Yeah. Um. Or aesthetically are they in the same world. And somehow I'm not, I mean, I'm not an expert on this by any means. I've just, you know, I've been doing this for the past 10 years. That doesn't make me an, an expert yet. But what I do think is that for Latinx stories, things happened think we're, we just stay there mm-hmm. in what's happening and there's kind of like this two worlds that are separated so mm-hmm. it's it's a little more convoluted and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily uh, add up yeah it's just it's just a different way of doing ballet right yeah. you know right. it's like we don't do demi-plié the same way you know yeah. it's just
4: like <sighs>
1: it's so different yeah it's fascinating caitlin and i have been talking about that on and off because we both are in love with the same french tv show and we talk about this a lot about how the way they get the trust they have in their audience is so different than like we're always joking around about how awful the american version of the show of call my agent will inevitably be when they inevitably do it and it's so heartbreaking but i think about that a lot like so many of my favorite series like when i think about like Top shelf art, so TV. So many of them are international, or international from a Western American perspective. Sure.
3: Yeah. No. But it is. Uh, th- there's something there, right? Yeah. There's something that speaks about our society, and I don't know. I know. I know that we're we're we're, we're departing from home. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's all interconnected. And honestly,
1: rags to riches creators, did you ever think? <laughs> this conversation, yes, of <laughs> all, They did. They knew they were playing the long con. Mm-hmm. They knew mm-hmm. they're all dead, by
2: the way. Um, wow. So thank you guys for going on the journey with me. Look for yeah. Rags to Riches on YouTube. That one guy that uploaded all the episodes. Thank you, sir. Yeah.
1: Thank you, we'll be sharing it across our social media platforms. Yeah. Now, now, Emma, we're we're almost out of time today, but I do briefly just want to not to, stand stands you know, sometimes I come with a real crystal clear thesis. <laughs> sometimes I come with, let's say, a confession. And and today I'm coming with the latter. And this is, I, I have to just be really real with both of you. I initially thought I was going to come in today with like a, a fun look at road trip movies, but I saw Caitlin's thesis and I was like, oh, she's kind of going there with the misogyny on the road trips thing. So I was like, well, what, do, what are my second thoughts on this idea of home on the road? And when I tell you that I had a vision as if it were from God of Diane Lane, mm. like I couldn't stop thinking Diane about Diane Lane. Lane. And friends of the pod, you may have heard me say this. I have often for the past several years, I've been living proudly As a woman who identifies as a middle-aged divorcee, um, I am neither middle-aged nor divorcee, but if you looked at my closet, the contents of my fridge, or or my Netflix, you you would believe I am. And since it came out when I was quite young, one of my favorite movies has always, has been the movie Under the Tuscan Sun, where Mm -hmm. after a heartbreaking divorce, Diane Lane goes to Italy for what's supposed to be like a vacation. But she ends up putting down roots and building a new life and investing in a new home. And I couldn't stop thinking about this movie and about her performance in that movie and about how much I love it. And I was like trying to figure out, I was like, what's my actual thesis? What's my actual take? And as I was like Googling and thinking about Diane Lane, I thought of another Diane Lane movie that I love. Uh... (laughs) And I think it's the movie that introduced me to Diane Lane. And it's a film called Indian Summer. And mm-hmm. if, if you've never seen Indian Summer, it was in, it came out in the 90s. I have such distinct memories of being in like first grade and going to the AMC theater and seeing the big Indian Summer like cut out for the movie and like being so excited about it. And my parents being so confused, <laughs> like, why do you want to see this movie about middle aged people? And like, I was like, I want to see it. But I have always loved Indian Summer. And if anyone, if. HBO or whoever houses these movies ever released the amount of times that I have streamed <laughs> under the Tuscan Sun in Indian Summer, uh, I would be arrested. I would be considered the enemy of the state. But Indian Summer, uh, if you've never seen it, is about a group of friends who all went to the same summer camp as kids being called back to their summer camp as adults by the camp owner to have like a fun weekend room. Like it's kind of like a big chill at summer camp energy. And Diane Lane is in that. And I was like, okay. These are two, this is at two different points in her career. There's like young Diane Lane, middle-aged Diane Lane. I was like, but to me, they like sort of like sit in the same place in my like heart and soul. And I was thinking about, I was like, why are these the movies like, I'm like, can't stop thinking about? Why is it Diane Lane? And I was thinking about, you know, I knew that I was going to ask the question at the top of the show. Like, what does it mean to have a home? Like, what, what is home? And to circle back to some stuff we were sort of saying at the top, thinking about Under the Tuscan Sun and Indian Summer and what these characters and what these films are really searching for is a feeling of safety, right? And to me, like, um... Any place can be called a home, but for something to feel like home, there's a difference, right? And that's what I sort of realized in thinking about these two movies and these two performances is that like, it's easy to call someplace home. It's hard to feel at home. And one of the things that I love about Diane Lane is she's such a, like, emotionally available performer and it's like so palpable in both of these movies to like go on that journey with her and you like feel it right like I think the thing that I love about Under the Tuscan Sun is that it's like emotion porn like (laughs) it's so it starts you it breaks your heart and you are sad with her and then you get frustrated with her and then you get excited with her but then like There's this like breath of fresh air at the very end of the movie where you like sigh out with her. And it's just like such a fulfilling trajectory. And so my thesis today is that to me, Diane Lane is home. (laughs) 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 That is my confession. That is my thesis. (laughs) And I'm curious, do either of you have a piece of content or an actor who is your Diane Lane? Like, who's your Diane Lane? Who's your pop culture home? Bet Midler. Bet
2: Midler <laughs> is my home. Yeah. Okay. The Midler.
4: Wow. Because
2: I love her, like Disney comedies from the eighties and nineties. I love a musicality we've learned from Rags to Riches. And even though I think she's a wonderful actress, at the same time you're like, okay, well, Bette Midler's here now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's the same mm-hmm. person in every movie, yeah. and I love that. And it's like that's home, yeah. Bette Midler. We're safe. I would say secondarily, yeah. same exact deal. Whoopi Goldberg.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do feel safe when she enters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not on the view. Not on the view. On the view, no, you're in danger. You're in danger, girl. To use her terminology. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> But on screen, scripted, absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for me is Tilda Swinton. Mm. For wow. Sure. Yeah, it's just, I feel held mm-hmm. in okay. a way. I know that I'm not only going to be safe. <laughs> I also know, that I, also know that, that I will understand every single thing she says to me because wow. of her articulation. and thoughtful um you know heart into every letter yeah of a word and she's tall yeah and I'm short Mm. uh that plays into the safety net gotcha Um, yeah um,
0: yeah it makes um, perfect
3: sense it's and every single I mean see her work it just makes me like she is in charge I can unclench my ass for it and write. <laughs> she's in charge. That's interesting. That's that makes sense. nice. That's sad. Yeah, I love write, that. Write it. Write it.
1: It's also so interesting, too. Like, when I was thinking about how I truly have been drawn to Diane Lane in a deep way for so long. But there is something about the fact that she gets, like, typecast as these. She's uh, not always, but often she plays these roles of women who get to, like, pick up and start again right? Like, yeah. She's always doing these sort of like second chapter stories. And this is such a weird thing to say out loud, but like, I've always identified myself as like, I'll be better in my second chapter. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I think like, and I think it's so funny. Like, I don't know. There's just something I just love her. And I'm so excited to hear about Bet and Tilda and Whoopi being that for you, these totems these paragons um i do have one tiny i I wasn't sure if i was going to say this but i feel like i have to say it i do have one small tangent that i need to go on um you know i had been resisting the urge to bring up under the tuscan sun on the show it's it's something i've you know it's always right there under the surface uh because i'm always thinking about it uh but I do have a theory, a fan theory, and Emma. I don't know. You know, you play a nurse on TV, so I'm I'm sure that um, whether you want to or not, you've been indoctrinated with all the knowledge of all medical uh, TV dramas. But um, I have a theory that under the Tuscan sun, and nobody give me facts, and nobody tell me I'm Absolutely wrong. Absolutely not. Under the Tuscan Sun is actually part of the Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. canon mm-hmm. Here it comes. because um, Sandra Oh, who played Christina, Kate Walsh, who played Addison, and what's his name that was Rory's dad on Gilmore Girls, who was then Addison's short-term boyfriend on private practice, mm-hmm. they all appear in Under the Tuscan Sun. So my theory is that Under the Tuscan Sun is actually a fever dream <gasps> happening um, to one of the patients in... The hospital. Um, they they interacted with uh with Addison and and, and, and Christina and, and under the Tuscan Sun is actually a coma dream. Uh this is a fan theory. I'm throwing it out there. Uh please at me.
2: Uh I, I will never at you. I think that mm-hmm. this is just perfect.
1: Thank you so much. Oh
4: mm-hmm. um. yeah.
1: The tragedy is is that this woman never actually made it to Italy after her husband <gasps> left her. She
4: oh, got very wow. ill.
3: And wait, 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 wait. So the the mm-hmm. But what we're watching, the movie, what happens mm-hmm. is all in her. That's my fan theory of how right, under the she's Seattle, sun is actually yes.
1: part of the Greys um,
3: Marvel Comic Universe. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if one of the writers from my show is listening, we're going to see season four. Because it's <laughs> beautiful.
1: Well, thank you so much. I am available to be the coma patient for Emma to try to break. So please, please yes, uh, slide please. into our DMs. Absolutely. I um, love
3: this.
2: Well, you know, uh, Lauren, there's a really, really weird piece of pub culture that ties together everything we've talked about. And I'm not kidding. This was not planned because I did not know what you were going to do your thesis on at all.
0: Mm-hmm. There is a
2: movie, a 1982 <gasps> film called Six Pack. Let me just read you the <laughs> quick description of the plot. when race car driver Brewster Baker stops at a gas station, parts are stolen from his race car, which he drives around the nation. Okay, then Mm. while in a diner in a small Texas town, he sees some people stealing parts from another car and chases the thieves. When the Mm. thieves van goes into the river, Brewster rescues them and discovers they are orphaned children. The kids were stealing auto parts for Big John, the corrupt county sheriff who jails Brewster for breaking and entering larceny, resisting arrest, and speeding. After the kids help Brewster out of jail, Brewster reluctantly takes the children with him. This movie stars Kenny Rogers as Brewster Baker and Diane Lane as Heather Breezy Akins. Oh my God. She is like the head kid. She's like 15 years old in this movie and oh she's the God. only daughter in this group. And she's like really good. And the, the movie is like very fine B movie, but she is like yeah. really good. And like she and Kitty Rogers is like the adopted daughter and father are really oh cute. My
3: God. And you feel, oh. home. she's bringing you home. Wow, wow. Oh. Organic way to like just put everything <laughs> on the cake, let the cake sit. The cake is ready to be served. And you know who else is in
2: this movie, Lauren? Who? Barry Corbin as Big John, the corrupt county sheriff. That's Whitey from One Tree
1: Hill or Maurice from Northern Exposure, however you want to call him. He's two TV towns we live in. Two TV TV towns towns we reside in. Wow. Wow. Iconic. I can't believe I don't remember this movie. It feels like a movie I probably watched. And I probably will watch it and then realize ideas I've thought I've had on my own are actually just <laughs> images from this film. Big <laughs> <laughs> pack, Kenny Rogers. Wow. wow. Oh, I'm looking for a deep dive. Wow. This was iconic. Emma, thank you for suggesting thank you. Home. Yes, we thank loved you. It. We you loved it. I can't imagine this is the journey you thought you would go on today, but thank you so much for being the inspiration for this Wild ride. We all just went on. We just went on a wild ride, right? We did. Do you have any final thoughts on home? You want to leave the audience with, or instructions on how they can stand you if they, if they, since they've obviously fallen and stand with you, how can they find you? Where can they find you? Where's your
3: social media home? Ooh, you guys are on it. You guys are so great at what you do. <laughs> I mean, I I know you guys are hilarious, but you can, you also are so smart. <gasps> Wow, oh, oh, a pull quote. We got a pull quote out of this episode. Oh, you guys know what you're doing. God damn it. Okay. Uh, so uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram. Uh, uh, it's I am Emma Ramos, R-A-M as in mom, O-S. Uh, I, that, yeah, that's it. That's probably, that's it. I haven't, I haven't updated anything else but that. I love it. Uh, Please
1: follow, and you know we're going to be tagging the hell out of Emma this week on our account at We Stand Social. So give us a follow, and you can find her. And we'll be, you know, we'll be posting all kinds of links to her various projects. And so you know, follow us to find your home in Emma's social media footprint. And folks. You know, something that always makes us feel safe yeah. and at home. Mm-hmm. Five-star reviews. Yeah. They cost you nothing. They
3: give us everything.
2: Yeah. Just put some words, some words down that you believe in.
3: Mm-hmm. You guys, I can do a transcript of which is, I, that was so heartfelt. <laughs> and I. Stand by it. I think I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do as soon as we finish this. Oh I'm gonna write it down on a review. Thank you. Oh my god, Emma! Wow, be, be like guest, Emma, the guest
1: with the mostest.
2: Uh, thank you all. Thank you all for listening. We love you.
1: We love you. We love you. We love you, Emma. We love you, Stan stands. And we'll catch you next time.
4: Bye. Bye.
0: Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.